Okay, we are back to podcast, and uh, hope everyone's had a good day in the Lord. He's blessed us in so many ways, and a good time in this house this morning. And uh, I trust and pray that you've had a good Christmas, Christmas weekend. And uh, <clears throat> for most of us, back to life tomorrow a little bit. And uh, we uh, Monday rolls around, and uh, be back to work. And so just pray that... Uh, each of you have a good week uh, that are going back, and um, I'm thankful for all that he's done for us, and he's been so good. His blessings are so real, so true. Uh, God's been good to me. He really has. He's really been good to me, much better to me than I have to him, and uh, much better than I deserve. That falls in line. These opening comments fall in line with... Um, our lesson today, God is is a providential God. What I mean by that is he he works. He and, and again, I'm not a Calvinist. I think we you know we've established that pretty well. Um, but he does intercede. He does um, interpose at times in our lives in situations in which he uh, feels that he does need to step in. And I'm thankful for that. I've seen him do that on more than one occasion in my life. In fact, my life is a picture of that. What we're going to have in this particular chapter is a situation. um, David is on the outs with Saul still. They've made somewhat of a reconciliation, but uh, he's not camped in Israel at the time. He's not living there because he's had to flee because of the pressure that's been mounted upon him by Saul and by running from Saul. And the situation arises that it's possible that David could find himself having to fight against or war against his his nation of Israel. And we're talking about the king, the, 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 the anointed king of Israel. Now, if this were to happen, this would certainly be um, the demise of any throne that David would sit on. And uh, so here's the deal. God has providentially designed prior to this that David would be the king of Israel. He's already anointed him. He's chosen him. And so in order to make sure that happens, to ensure that it happens, God makes sure that David doesn't have to fight against the nation of Israel so that his word and his promises can be fulfilled. Now, the beauty in that is that's how God works in our lives. Sometimes we make messes. Sometimes we just find ourselves in precarious or difficult situations. Sometimes of our own making, sometimes not. But if we if we're in the will of God, he loves us and we love him and we are in fellowship with him and he's got a design and a will for our lives then so many times more times often than not he will work in our lives to ensure that the path 
is the path that he desires us to be on. Now, something we're learning in Job, something we've learned in Joseph's life, something we've learned in a lot of our messages lately, that path is not always an easy path, but it's still the most protected path because it's the path that God puts us on. So let's go to 1 Samuel 29 this morning. Now the Philistines gathered together all their armies to Aphek, and the Israelites pitched by a fountain, which is in Jezreel. This is an ongoing battle, folks. This battle with Israel and the Philistines. The Philistines is always a picture of the world, and you'll find that it's always a battle. Just There's always a fight. There's always a battle going on with the Philistines. No different than once we get saved, we have an ongoing battle with, uh, with the world, with the flesh, and with the devil. We do. In fact, more trouble, the most trouble I have of the three is my flesh, certainly not the devil or, or, uh, or the world. They just know how to manipulate my flesh. They know how to manipulate your flesh. But uh, we, we certainly can have trouble in that realm. But I want us to look, verse number 2, And the Lord, lords of the Philistines passed on by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed on in the re-reward with Achish. And then said the priest of the Philistines, What do these Hebrews here? And Achish said unto the princes of the Philistines, Is not this David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, which hath been with me these days, which hath been with me these days or these years, and I have found no fault in him since he fell unto me this day. Do you remember how David wound up here? David wound up here by fleeing from Saul, trying to escape the sword and the uh, the attempts at death that Saul has uh, afflicted upon him. So David's found himself in enemy territory and in true diplomatic Davidic fashion um, is is wins friends in the Philistines. Now, that's that's amazing as well. Um, the Bible says that when a man's play, man's ways please the Lord, that even his enemies would be at peace with him. We see that in Joseph's life, and now we see it in David's life. David has uh, been forced to flee. Uh, because of Saul, he's went into Philistine territory. He's re residing there, basically. And he he has kind of won the hearts of some of the men. And so the problem is now we've got a battle, another battle set with the Philistines and Israel, one on one side, one on the other. And so verse 4, the prince of the Philistines princes of the Philistines were wroth with him. And the princes of the Philistines said unto him, Make this fellow return, that he may go again to his place, which thou hast appointed him. Let him not go down with us to battle, lest in the battle he be an adversary to us. For wherewith should he reconcile himself unto his master? Should it not be with the heads of these men? Is not this David whom they sang one to another in dances, saying Saul slew his thousands and David his ten thousands. So they know well who this is, and they know where ultimately David's loyalty would lie 
I have no doubt about this, that should it come to it, that David would, that, that's what that's what the princes of the Philistines are saying. They're saying, look, if it comes down to it, he's going to be killing us. This is the one that killed our giant. This is the one that killed Goliath. And although Saul hates him and Saul was attempted to kill him on numerous occasions, David uh, will side and will fight ultimately with and for Israel. And so there's a real problem here. Are they going to kill him? Are they going to release him? I mean, he's on their side. Hey, they're going to just let him go on his own reconnaissance. He's in Philistine country. And so they're trying to decide what they need to do with David. Is you know, if we get in a heated battle, is David is in essence going to be a spy and start killing our own men? That's what he's saying here. So this is an interesting plot uh, turn, if you please. Let's let's read on. We'll finish the chapter, and I'll make some opening comments or or some closing comments in it. Then Achish called David. And said unto him, Surely as the Lord liveth, thou hast been upright, and thy going out and thy coming in with me in the, in the host is good in my sight. For I have not found evil in thee in, since, since the day of thy coming unto me unto this day. Nevertheless, the Lord's favor thee not. Wherefore now return and go in peace, that thou displease not the lords of the Philistines. So Achish is turning him away. Achish is telling him, Look, you can leave. Go in peace. We don't want trouble. Uh, we don't want you to have to fight against us uh, or them. And he says, you've been good to me. Um, you've been upright. You've been a man of character. Now that goes back to the verse that I quoted earlier. When a man's ways please the Lord, it causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And or it maketh his enemies to be at peace with him. And we find that, again, continually. The life of Joseph. Joseph had so many things befall his life of difficulty. And yet, when he would find himself working in the prison or in the palace, even in the pit, Joseph always won people to his side not because he was a politician, not because he was manipulative or cunning. He won people to his side because he was a man of character. And and I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm not touting me as being as such or certainly not comparing with David. But I have seen in my life and in my business world and even even on jobs and things like that, that... You can be dealing with an unsaved world. You can be dealing with people that don't know God. And yet, behave yourself with character and behave yourself with integrity. And you'll find that paths will open up and, and situations will arise and protection will be found. And God will use the world to do that. Many times when Christians refuse to be used and Christians won't be used, <clears throat> many times when Christians don't demonstrate the proper character in their own lives, you'll find that if you've handled yourself with integrity, that people of the world oftentimes 
will appreciate who you are as as a as a man, who you are as a woman, and you'll find that your path becomes easier out of that. So what what's the point? The point is behave yourself properly and with integrity. I can think right offhand of David, yet who is our subject, but not only David, I can think of Joseph. I can think of the three Hebrew boys and Daniel. All of them behave themselves in a very proper manner in the world in which they lived. People, Christians for a long time, especially some Christian groups that I had gotten around early on in my salvation, deemed the world a complete enemy. You know, it was us against them. That's the wrong mentality. That's totally wrong. You will never have an impact and influence with anyone in the world if they view you as an enemy, as if they view you as being adversarial. And it's not going to benefit your life in no way, shape, or form. So what we, we should do is live our lives with such character and integrity and uprightness, friendliness even, to people in the world that when situations arise, and there will be times when you'll need things, maybe from a doctor, maybe from uh, a neighbor, maybe from someone down at the store, the restaurant, where something needs to work out in your favor, and it does because of how you have behaved and conducted yourself um, leading up to that. It's important that we conduct ourselves with the proper spirit, class, decorum, dignity, not just for Christians to show. So some ways we act at times would we act in front of church people, in front of Christians when we're in a setting of, of the world. Our tempers, our aggravations, our petty ways. No, no, most of the time we wouldn't. But the point is this, number one, all God always sees, but number two, number two, here's the real issue, other than what God sees, is the impact and influence I can potentially have on these people that I'm around. But not only that, their return impact on me if I do behave myself properly. So that's what we have here. David has conducted himself with uprightness. It is a situation where he potentially could have to fight against Israel because he's living with the Philistines. And the Philistines bring this about and say, look, we're turning you free. You do not have to fight for us. You do not have to shed the blood of your nation because if he does that, I'm telling you, he won't be king. But God wants him to be king. God's willed him to be king. God's anointed him to be king. So God ensures that this doesn't happen. What a God we have. What a God that he is going to ultimately have his, his way through his word and his promises. In verse number 8, And David said unto Achish, But what have I done? And what hast thou found in thy servant so long as I have been with thee unto this day? that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king. And Achish answered and said to David, I know 
thou art good in my sight, as an angel of God, notwithstanding the princes of the Philistines have said, he shall not go, go up with us to, bat, to the battle. Wherefore, now rise up early in the morning with thy master's servants that are come with thee, and as soon as... As soon as ye be up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose up early to depart in the morning. To return into the land of the Philistines, the Philistines went up to Jezreel. So they they go back to where they're residing, which is in Philistine territory. They're out getting ready to go to fight, go to battle. And so David is providentially sovereignly through the mighty hand of God protected from having to fight against his own nation. And that's instrumental. That is a very, very big deal. And so I want you to uh, to understand that, that God protects his own. God protecting not only David, but God protecting his desire and his will and what he ultimately wants. And, you know, I can look back over my life and ministry and my walk with God, and I can see him working things out, putting my path in the path of of others, um, putting my path in the path of those. You know, I, I think back. Let's just take this for example. Take our church. Take what's going on at Bethany Baptist Church. Here's how this started. You say, I know when it started. It started when you you come to Franklin Heights. Oh, no. It started way before then. Here's what I mean. 2009, me and my children moved back. It was back for me. It was, it was uh, just a moving for my children. Of course, you know, well, Haley had lived here. Haley had lived here until she was almost two as a baby, but Seth was born in the mountains. Sadie was born in the mountains. So it was coming back for me and Haley, and it was just coming here for the other two. 2009. So, I just want want to point something to you. I want to teach you something, show you a real-life example. We've seen it in David. We've seen it in Joseph. We've seen it in Daniel. We've seen it in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where God's people get protection. But not only that, God decrees and designs and wills things to occur. But it was 2009, and we moved back. At the time, I could have moved anywhere in Rowan County or maybe Cabarrus, but I really, at the time, I needed to stay in Rowan because of working for Farm Bureau, and they want you in the county that you reside in the county that you work in. So basically anywhere in Rowan County. Well, I wanted to live in Landis. There was a reason for that. Now, I didn't know about the high power bills and all of that at the time. But my children were used to the mountains. They were used to a very simple, slow life. They were used to going out in the yard and playing and playing in the woods and that type of thing. And in a smaller town. And in Jefferson, I lived in a, in a town in a situation where, you know, I was in town and I was close to everything. But the, the mountains, the literal mountains were in my backyard. 
and we explored those mountains, me and Seth and Haley. Sadie was too small at the time, would go through and play and look for things and deer track and deer sign. It's just a wonderful time. So when we moved back, I searched for a similar situation. Well, Landis, I found a home um, that I rented, and the back was just thick, full of woods. Good enough for, a, you know, not like the mountains, but it was good enough for a child to play in. And uh, <clears throat> and then, of course, you had the town just two blocks away. If we wanted to walk to the to the shell station to, you know, to get a drink, some candy or something, we could do that. And we did that often. Took walks to the elementary school. But anyway, we moved to Landis. Started going to Landis Elementary School. That was another reason. I had went to church services with one of the teachers there, and she would have Seth. And I liked the staff. And uh, Haley had type 1 diabetes, and I, I felt confident that they would take care of her. So at any rate, we um, we moved to Landis. And that fall, so the school would have started in August or September. So that fall, very soon, there's a fall fest. I took Sadie and Haley, and or yes, I'm sorry, Seth and Haley. They were the two that were attending um, Atlantis Elementary. And I run into an old friend from school. Known him since middle school. We grew up on, you know, he grew up in Jackson Park. I grew up over around Midway and Shady Brook, but we met in middle school, and. Me and this me and this man hit it off again, just not just like old times, better than old times. And it was Kevin Beam. Kevin Beam was a become a friend, an encouragement to me. I told him what had happened, and he he, he our daughters <clears throat> were in class together, so we we run into each other at this fall fest at the school. And God had worked in his life. In fact, God had saved me and Kevin just months apart. I got saved in July of 1994. And if I remember his testimony right, he was just saved a few months later. And um, Kevin and I, we would see each other at those events and our paths would cross. And I told him, you know, my what had happened. And every time I saw him, he was encouraging to me. He was, you know, love to hear you preach. Well, after, you know, I had preached for for you know years. I'd worked with some youth, and I'm talking about after coming back and uh, helped different churches. But the Lord really started opening up doors where I was preaching revival meetings, and. When I was preaching the revival meetings, uh, Kevin would come and listen. And I know I preached one for uh, Hazel Rollins at Cornerstone Baptist, and I preached another one uh, for Jerry Sheehan. Preached, preached for Christmas Cena. And Kevin would come and hear me preach. And um, when he would come and hear me preach, you know, he would, he would always encourage me, you know, the Lord's going to work it out while we're serving him together. And, you know, little little did I know what would always unfold. And I'd, I'd, you know, nod my head yes and so forth. And we'd talk and say, I sure hope so. 
Well, one day I got a call to come and preach for Franklin Heights Baptist Church. And when I did, um, of course, that was from Kevin. And uh, he had worked it out with Farron. And uh, they had talked. And then it opened up the door for me to come preach on several occasions. And so, anyway, that's that's what, what happened, what, what, what occurred. And, of course, we all know the story from there. But my point is this. I didn't just happen upon this situation with Bethany Baptist overnight. If you look at the hand of God in that winding road, it occurred over a span of about 10 years. And that is the goodness and the grace of God. That is the way God works. God sees the big picture. We see the small picture. We see the little picture. God sees it all. This uh, has been 1 Samuel 29, and it is God's providential hand. So just to review where we are, David is living in Philistine territory. David has won the favor of the Philistine leaders through his character and integrity. The problem is now that the Philistines and Israel are going to be warring against each other again. And if God doesn't step in, David's going to have to fight against his homeland. Not only fight against his homeland, risk ever being on the throne of Israel. God's not going to allow that to happen because God wants David to be on the throne. So God's providence works in David's life. I hope you've enjoyed 1 Samuel chapter number 29. And next we will be in the uh, vengeance of Ziglag. And then we close out chapter 29 or chapter 30 and 31 and we'll close out 1 Samuel. So we're moving to a rapid close and then we're going into 1 Corinthians. But this has been God's providential hand. Hope you all have a good evening and a good week and I love each one of you. Good night.